Welcome to the Power 5 Fight. It's your boy, George Reister, in the building with my man, Jawad Powers, per the usual. We're talking college football. We're talking the best teams in the nation. Who's got it? Who doesn't? And most of all, who's overrated and who's underrated? You guys, thank you guys for your time. Thank you for your energy. Make sure you download the Power 5 Fight on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere that you can find podcasts, and make sure that you visit Unafraid Show as well. All type of articles up. I'm George Reister, former Oregon Duck, former Jacksonville Jaguar, had a cup of coffee with the New York Giants, and I'm here with my man, Jawad Powers, representing the East Coast slash South. For sure. We back. SEC finest, the best school in the country, Auburn University. Your boy Gerard Powers drafted to the Colts, extended with AZ and chilled in B-more for a year. What's up, my man? <laughs> Not much, man. We're going to jump right into it today. Uh, the top five coaches in college football. Who are they? Who you got? Who you taking in the most important games of the season? Uh, I mean, there's some good coaches out there. The top five. Uh, what I mean, where, where are you at with this? Who would you say is one? Is it the obvious? Well, oh, okay. I'll give you my top five first. This is in order from five down to one. Number five. This guy is completely underrated. He has excelled everywhere he's gone and how well he's done with the little bit of talent comparatively to the biggest schools in the country this dude is unbelievable i got five mike leach at washington state this dude has found a way to take two and three star guys and make them competitive with any other team in the country they sling the ball around he turned a guy from eastern carolina gardner Minshew, into a heisman trophy finalist like Nick Saban, he was going to Alabama to go be a uh, coach in waiting, uh, like a coach in training. And then Mike Lee called him up and was like, yo, do you want to lead the nation in passing? What? Yeah, my, I, I mean, know. Mike Leach is definitely needed in college football. I think he, I think he's very underrated and probably one of the best coaches in college football and don't get the credit he deserves. But you're right. What he's done and over the years and the success that he's had, and the way that he handles the media, man, he definitely needs needs more respect on his name for sure. His press conferences, if you guys have not seen his press conferences, they are something like legendary. They do not expect all football, expect some stuff about pirates all the time and expect something off the wall because he's an off the wall thinker the same way as offense is. Number four, I got Lincoln Riley. He, okay. I know he's only been a head coach for two years, but he's putting out quarterbacks and he's put in his offense is literally unstoppable even against Alabama in the uh, college football playoff last year if he had had any semblance of defense or one more quarter of football they would have beat Alabama like this dude is is once he gets a defense they're going to be Clemson Midwest no, that that's that's for sure. Lincoln Riley and already and stamped his name as the next best best coach on any level, whether it's uh, the college level or NFL le- uh, level. It was a, a few teams I think trying to interview him and steal him this year uh, from the NFL. They get, they said they got coaches going to OU in the off season to learn his offense, and I think he's another guy that's like my age and uh, 
you know, what he's done at OU. I don't know if that's more so Bob Stoops, maybe. But, uh, I mean, the success that he's had the last couple yeah. of years has been amazing, though. I mean, you Listen, just can't deny Stoops, that for Stoops sure. Has a, Stoops has had some really good offenses, but they haven't looked like this. That's and for sure. I thought the maturation – I thought the maturation from year one to year two for Lincoln Riley was major because when they played in the Rose Bowl against Georgia, they had the big lead, Baker Mayfield yep. at quarterback. And at the end of the game, I thought he got too passive and too conservative. He had the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, and then he took the ball out of his hands and tried to run the run the clock out and then try to run and punt. As opposed to, I got the Heisman Trophy winner. I believe in my offense. We're going to go get a first down. We're going to throw this ball on third and six like we've been doing all season. We're not switching up who we are. And I thought that that's what enabled them to get in the playoffs this year and then be competitive with Alabama is the fact that he realized, okay, against Georgia, I got conservative, took the ball out of my Heisman Trophy quarterback's hands, and I tried to run and punt and run the time off the clock. No, now I'm going out playing ball. And I'm going to play to win. Yeah, I mean, I think I remember that game. Uh, well, it seemed, I, w- I want to say, OU kind of controlled that entire game, right? They kind of let that one uh, uh, slip out of their hands, if I remember correctly. And I remember after yeah. after that game, uh, that was the talk. You know, had Bob Stoops, it was a need for a change. You know, is it the same old stuff? But uh I mean, Lincoln Riley, man, it just seems like he just gives them a a new fire that we just haven't seen in a a long time. So, like, if Jalen Hurts end up being a Heisman candidate, he don't even have to win it. If if Lincoln Riley gets Jalen Hurts a ticket to New York, man, you might as well go and put him down and he he can just write whatever he want to make for the next 10, 15 years of his life. Well, they just got the they just signed. Well, not signed, but they just got the number the number one quarterback in the twenty twenty one class to commit. That they, they got the number one quarterback for this last class to commit. I'm just sitting there like, yo, if you're a quarterback, he's the guy that you want to play for. Number three on the top five college football coaches uh, this year, right now. I got uh, Chris Peterson up at Washington. Chris Peterson. Um, Last year, I had David Shaw as the number one coach in the Pac-12. This year, I have Chris Peterson. And the reason why, as much as I love David Shaw, he reminds me, he almost feels like he's falling into that that Jim Jim Harbaugh category. He almost feels like he's falling into that Jim Harbaugh category in terms of being unwilling to update his offense. Number three on the top five college football coaches in America, we have Mike Peterson. Uh, yeah. Mike Peterson. <laughs> Number three on the top five coaches in the college football, we have Chris Peterson up at Washington. Chris Peterson has been able to win. He's brought Washington back, put them on the map. And the biggest thing that he's been able to do is that is attractive to recruits is put dudes in the NFL. And he, his recruiting strategy is different than a lot, pretty much everybody else in the country. They're not blanketing offers all over the country. What they say is, if you get an offer from Washington, you know you can play. Like, we'll, we'll talk to you all of that. But if you get an offer from Washington, that means we think you can go to the league. That's their selling point. I heard this from the coaches. I've heard this from other coaches. I've heard this from uh, from kids who are getting recruited. They're like, 
yo, we we want other offers. You know, other offers are kind of hotter. But if you get a Washington offer or an Alabama offer, we feel like that. You know, that says I can go to the league. That's so over in the, in the, the Pac-12. That's the uh, I guess that's the thing. Like people people are saying that Washington is on that level to where they're. Uh, recruiting pitches uh, NFL because if so that means they took that right out of SC's hand Oregon's hand you know teams that you know you normally see that and I mean I, I completely get it too I mean this past draft alone you know that defense that they had this year I mean they had two of the top dang secondary players in the country and uh, when they yep. played when they played Auburn this past year, I mean, you can just tell that uh, that he has a system on how to develop players. And by the time their sophomore junior year, he it seems like he got a machine going over there. Yeah, he has got he's done a great job of developing players. His players are not not getting better. <laughs> he gets yeah, them. I mean, that's the and key, and particularly yeah. on defense. Yeah. Yeah, he like he's had a lot of first round draft picks, which is important to guys when they're coming out. Um, but number two on the list, I think that it is pretty obvious who are number two and number one. I got Dabo Sweeney, number two. OK. And the only reason he's number two, I would say right now he could be number one because he's the hottest. Like he is the hottest coach there is right now. He's beaten Saban. Like this is not, they're going head to head, but Saban's just been doing it for so long and he doesn't miss a, a, a down year for Alabama is not missing the playoff. It is losing in the first round of the playoff. Like you can just almost pencil them in every single year. And that's why Nick Saban is number one on my top five coach coaches in college football list. Saban, man, Saban's been doing it. What is it going on? 12 years, 13 years. I mean, he's been doing it a long time. And for a second there, it seemed like it wasn't nobody else out there who was even on that level. So with, with Dabo kind of stepping in that spotlight, taking on that challenge, you know, with, with it, uh, with it being Clemson at that, you know, a school that's in the ACC, another conference, it wasn't like it was a, you know, another SEC foe, like say when Bama was taking the throne from Georgia back in uh, 06, 07 days, you know, the fact that it was fr- coming from another conference, you know, and that that helped boost the my conference is better than your conference argument. And uh, I think, I mean, it was needed. I mean, it was finally time for somebody to step up and uh, have a legit argument saying that my coach is just as good as your coach. And I agree with the, the top two. It definitely has to be Alabama and then Clemson, and I like I like the other ones, but I think my fifth one would be Kirby. And the only reason I say Kirby is, you know, he took a program in Georgia who Mark Wright, you know, wasn't a bad coach at all. Was winning Mark nine, ten, was winning ten games a year, nine, so ten how- games a year. I get that, I get that. But one thing that Kirby did when he went to Georgia is took back the state of Georgia. Now he's getting all these kids from in state, and he like quickly got to the top of the recruiting board to where it's either Georgia or Bama or however you want to do it. Like Dabo haven't even done that yet, been consistent enough to even beat Bama in recruiting. So it's just amazing what Dabo's done. But the fact that Kirby in three years, four years, however long it's been, 
uh, that he's already got Georgia as that one school. If you get that offer, like you said, how Washington is in the Pac-12, if you get an offer from Georgia, you better you're gonna have to make a decision in a few weeks because it's another guy that's probably gonna get one and they're gonna, they're gonna let you know that you don't, you don't have a spot no more. So um, I think I think I'll just add Kirby to that list with the, with the other ones that you had. Yeah, I, I like I like Kirby, but I, I don't think that Kirby's done enough at this point in time to warrant being on that list. Only because Mark Rick was winning 19 games a season at Georgia. And now you're like, okay, same thing. Georgia still can't close the deal. They're still Georgia in it every single year. So how can I really give him the credit? I mean, I, he's doing well recruiting. He's doing fan, fantastic in terms of energizing the base. But until you actually, you know, close the deal, you know, you got to beat, you got to win the SEC championship game. Oh you got to uh, get in the play. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no, I'm saying that the expectation at Georgia, <laughs> the expectation at Georgia, right? Is at the same level that, at Bama uh, right now. Uh, no, I'm no, no. Well, I'm, well, the expectation of the fan base. No, the expectation of the fan base versus the versus the reality. Those are two different things. Because I'm gonna tell you who Georgia is right now. Georgia right now, to be perfectly honest, and I know it hurts my heart to say it a little bit, is Oregon under Chip Kelly. Oh is my that goodness! You win a bunch of games. <laughs> you do well every single year. You get to two national championship games, even though one of them was what under Mark Helfrich, like, and, but those nothing. were all Chip, Chip Kelly's guys, Mark Mariota, the team, all nothing. of that. Get the two national championship games, and, and you can't close the deal. So there's an inherent problem with the fan base when they are wanting more, <laughs> when the team is having so much success, and now Georgia is at a point where just winning 10, 11 games is not enough. They have to win a national championship. Yeah, I mean, and they, they, they were at the door. I mean, they they went to the national championship and lost it. Mark Wright never got them there. They never had the opportunity. So the fact that Kirby in such a small amount of time have put that Georgia expectation up even another bar because it was already high, I just feels like that's deserving of a good coach. Okay, so how long, how many years – can this go on like this at Georgia and Georgia fans are like, and, and before they start saying, mm, Kirby, Kirby's a really great coach. He's recruiting well, but why can't he close the deal? We're winning 12, 11, 12 games a year, but we can't get a national championship. How many years this, before that happens? You are, you are down like there in the South. Have, you know, I know they have to win. They have to, they have to win it this year. I think if from once from leaves, and you're starting over with a new quarterback and and all that type of stuff. That's when I think the fan base is just going to think, "Oh man, we're the same old Georgia." I feel like Fromm is a good enough quarterback to win a national championship. Like he's a legit QB. And then I feel like with all the talent that you have around you, if they don't win a nat- if they don't win the Natty this year, that's when I feel like the fan base is going to, you know, humble themselves a little bit and still think we're the same old Georgia. But right now, with the talent that they have and the the I guess the veterans and the people that they got returning this year, I think this is the year that that if it goes how Georgia nor- season normally goes, 
that's when the fan base is going to start calling for Kirby to do something else besides win 10, well, 11 games. Well, they, won't, they won't be winning the national championship this year. <laughs> um, you know, who, they'll be in contention it, for sure. It's, it's not happening um, because they will find a way to Georgia. It, the, 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 these are just facts. I mean, it, it, it's just Georgia, the SEC, Georgia man. Is the, Georgia is the – no, it's not if the, the SEC. Georgia was Georgia, in the Pac-12, they would be better off. No, no. The, listen, Georgia's just Georgia. Georgia is the James Harden, uh, Houston Rockets of college football. Um, <laughs> um, who are some of your overrated coaches in college football? Overrated coach number one, Jim Harbaugh, for sure. He is stealing. Ding, ding, ding. He is stealing. I should go a, a, fill out an application to apply to work over there. He is still, and they love him. Like, they love him. Like, he's not going anywhere. Makes too much money. He's not going anywhere. Here's the thing. Okay, so at Michigan, Jim Harbaugh's been doing, like, he's done a good job of recruiting. He's energized fan base because they had a bunch of years where they had Brady Hoke. They had some other guys who it was not going well. Rich Rodriguez wasn't going very well. So, but Jim Harbaugh, here, here's my only problem with him is that he's been a late adopter offensively. He's not been willing to change the offense. And like he's still in this. He reminds me of Les Miles at LSU, like the last yeah. few years where like he was not concerned. Yeah. Like, or, like it's going to be a run on first down. Don't you worry about it. And then it's if you stuff it, we're gonna run it again, and then we're gonna try to play action on third and eight. <laughs> like, that's come true. on, bro. No, nah, like, that's true. Yeah, you gotta kind of go with the times on offense. If you're still, I mean, I think you've mentioned it before. I mean, Nick Saban changed his offense. You know, he he adapted with the times. You know, he he used to run the ball a million times a, a game, and now all of a sudden, you know, he's airing it out. So if Jim Harbaugh, you know, is too I guess e. I don't even know the word. Is if he, if he don't change, I mean they're going to have the same struggles, and he has the talent because, like you said, yep. um, I mean he's he's re- been recruiting well since he's been there. You can have the number one defense in the country all you want to, like they had last year, but great offense beats great defense. Like That's at true. some point in time, you have to score points. Everybody gets in a everybody gets in a mud slinging point scoring lack of defense yeah. game every now and then. I mean, even there are some games Alabama's defense do, doesn't play well. We've seen it happen against Johnny Manziel. We saw it play happen. We've seen it happen against Auburn. We've seen it happen against Ole Miss. We've seen them not play good defense a few times. So yeah. when you don't play great defense, you you got to score fifty points. It happens. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. No argument with that. You know, uh, I mean, he's going to have to do something. I think people, I think the Michigan fan base is starting to get fed up with that. So uh, you know, if they if they're the same old Michigan, I think you're going to start hearing this name to be out of there pretty soon. Yeah. Um, who who else quickly? Who else you got on your overrated coaches list? Uh, well, nobody in the SEC, obviously. Uh, but I'll probably go. Um, I'll probably go James Franklin. I'll probably go James Franklin at Penn State, and that's not to say that he ha- he hasn't had the success. But uh, I just don't think that he's the type of coach that can go elsewhere and turn programs around the way that you can. I think he's kind of, you know, living off of some old type success and some just good situations because when he was in Vandy. Um, he he couldn't get anything going at Vandy. 
Well, well, first of all, it's hard to get anything going at Vandy because you're playing with subpar talent. But, right. I mean, and you That's are playing in a very, like, physically dominating league. Like, if your offensive line and defensive line aren't wrecking shop in the SEC, you's going to have trouble. So Vandy but, been to a bowl game the last two years. He couldn't yeah. even get to a bowl game at Vandy. I mean, but some some would say he laid the foundation. I mean, that's what maybe that's maybe. what uh, that's what <laughs> Jeff Jeff Fisher will, will will tell you about the you know, Rams. He laid the foundation for this thing. But he was um, one year away. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, on mine. Actually, I got Gus Malzahn on my list in addition to Jim Hart. What? Yep, I think that and and this, okay. So on my overrated list, this doesn't mean that a coach sucks. I'm just saying that they are that the uh, that the hype surrounding him may not necessarily match up with the the actual you know X and O's greatness of this dude. So and Gus Malzahn, who's supposed to be an offensive genius, offense was just put in a headlock last year. So yeah. we'll, we we will see if he can get off this list. He's the him. only coach in the SEC. Who has multiple wins versus Nick Saban? Oh my God, dude! Do you realize what type of <laughs> statement that, that is? That is such a statement for how dominant Alabama has been when people start counting wins just against. Oh my God, Nick Saban! That's hilarious oh. to me. <laughs> um, I got Jeff Fisher on there, and I like Jeff Fisher. I, I didn't mean Jeff Jeff, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, I'm about to Fisher. say Jeff is out. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher. I like Jimbo Fisher. I think he's a good coach. But there were times at Florida State with top tier talent that their offense was trash, mm-hmm. and he get he got stagnant offensively. So he's got to prove that he will do something different at Texas A and M, and then he won't be on this list. I got Kirby Smart on the list, and I got Willie Taggart on the list. I knew you was gonna throw Willie on there. Oh Willie, oh Willie T still got axe to grind, buddy. Y'all didn't um, show him love at Oregon. That's I mean, y'all ain't show him the same love that y'all showing y'all new coach. Y'all did Willie wrong, man. What have you seen? How Florida State? Florida, Florida he State laid the foundation. He <laughs> laid no, no. the foundation at Oregon. <laughs> I, I I will I will say I thank Willie Taggart for leaving Oregon because he came he <laughs> he instilled a new mentality recruiting. He did that. I promise you, I will give him credit for that. He raised the expectation in terms of because people were like, "Oh, you can't recruit top five classes to Oregon." Blah blah blah. Damn, d- damn that. That's happened. <laughs> um, so he did that. But um, oh, but a coach that we didn't put on the top five coaches list, who I do believe will be in there after maybe after this season or maybe no, actually after next season when his team is is in contention for a bowl spot. I mean, in contention for a playoff spot is going to be Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly is going to be back, buddy. Man, Chip Kelly won three games last year. Let's stop hyping him up. All right? Let's okay. just stop right. hyping him okay. up. Okay. Jeez, cool. He's, he's cool. gone. He didn't do nothing for you guys at Oregon. He lost the natty to Auburn. That's all he did, okay? Let's stop putting him on a pedestal. All I'm right. just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Chip, Chip Kelly's a genius, bro. I promise you. <laughs> I mean, everybody steals from him. They, they go to learn from the Jedi Master, even Nick Saban. Like, this is a fact. Um, but you brought up a topic, though. You brought up a topic that I wanted to talk about. I hadn't even heard this story, and I was like, what the hell is going on with this dude? So, Baker Mayfield, you brought up the yes. story about Baker Mayfield. So, not only did he 
speak on his own teammates' contract. So if you don't, if you guys don't know Baker Mayfield is, which you probably do if you're listening to the Power Five fight, you're a college football fan, quarterback at Oklahoma, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, got drafted number one to the Browns, all of that. So their running back, who one of the running backs who had been there at Cleveland for a while, Duke Johnson, had led the team in receptions, uh, yards, rushing. I mean, like he's been a kind of a do-it-all back, but he hadn't fully gotten the love and uh, embraced the way that he probably should have. They drafted right. Nick Chubb. You know, they keep trying to find a replacement for him, but he keeps they can't keep him off the field. And so he said he wanted out, and Baker Mayfield starts speaking on this man's money. Yeah, can't do that. Cannot do that. That will cause problems in the locker room quickly. I mean, you know, and I know for sure, playing in the NFL as long as we did, the one thing that you do not discuss is another man's pockets and how he want how he wants to go about handling that situation. You know, you kind of want to support that person in every per- in every way that you can because you always want to see the player get you know the best out of the situation and for the team as well, but. You know, you can't just go to the media and talk like that as if, you know, he do not want to be there or do not want to play football. The man's just trying to take care of his family at the end of the day. Yeah. And then you, the story you brought up to me, though, was him arguing with uh, Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger. Yeah. And I'm like, Baker Mayfield clearly thinks that he's still in college. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's, he's like, he's He's got a college mentality surrounding him. Like he's like the like in the pros. He's like, if you're not with us, you're against us. This yeah. is a, no, bro. We're all mercenaries here, trying to make as much money as possible, trying to win a championship if exactly. possible in the process. Basically, you know, you're going home after work. You're not going to your dorm or to your apartment of two other players, you know. So, uh, yeah, Baker. You know, I guess he's trying to step up and be that leader. Uh, he just got to learn how to do it. And I'm pretty sure the vets in there is going to you know, continue to be on him a little bit and teach him the way. But, yeah, he definitely got a college feel to him right now. Very college Yeah, yeah. And the argument that he had with Sam Ellinger, the, the Texas quarterback, who currently Texas quarterback is, oh, you couldn't beat my, my, my high school. Uh, you couldn't beat <laughs> Westlake. You couldn't beat West, uh, you know, uh, whatever school they went to. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like. Didn't he say something like, I hope he knows I don't like him? Like, relax. Like, what are you talking about right now? He's really mad. Like, there's a difference between trash talking because we all have, you know, pride in our schools, pride in our – even our high schools, we were really good. But this dude, like, Baker Mayfield is really mad. Like, he's really mad arguing with a college dude. Like, you look – that's like me getting mad at a at a 13 year old when we're talking about college football and me getting mad bro you haven't even reached the heights i've reached like we can argue and debate and have a good time about it but i'm not you can't actually make me mad with something that you say and that's what makes it funny and make him look more childish in a way just because it seems like he's really mad like and i can see the texas uh q texas tech qb like laughing at him you know so i don't know baker baker needs to relax a little bit so if if you are his coach cuz you know I'm getting ready to use a phrase that <laughs> i know that i hate i hate it when other people said it but Baker Mayfield at this time, he hasn't won anything in the NFL. You know, he won a couple games. He's real happy. You know, he's real feeling himself, snapping back at Colin Coward, all of this stuff. 
I'm like, at this point in time, I want him to kind of shut up and play football. I mean, I don't. I mean, if he wants to speak out on stuff politically or say stuff about his team or what or what whatever, but right now I feel like he's doing all the wrong things in terms of like not only his brand but just like it's showing his true character. He's like, I'm an immature guy. I you know I still think that I'm in the dorm drinking Mad Dog 2020s. And, you know, instead of being a professional focused on my work, yes, I have other interests outside of football, which I don't mind at all. That that that's not my shut up and play football thing. My, my shut up and play ball thing with him is just bro, like stop getting in petty arguments with, with people like quarterbacks don't do this. Why receivers do this? DBs do this. <laughs> like, that's true. Quarterbacks, you cannot be sitting up here getting in elementary school arguments with people. Like it, it is distracting to your team, and it makes you look like the type of leader that they can't follow. Yeah, and then I mean, you know, everybody's watching this, and everybody's gonna, you know, have their own opinions about how he goes about things. But I mean, he is a young kid, you know, at the end of the day, and he's gonna learn his way. I mean, he he kind of had some early success and. Got some new life to the Browns right now. So, uh, I mean, he's, he's done some immature things, but it's, it hasn't been anything crazy to make you worry. So, I mean, just just real college, if that makes sense. So, I, And I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll change as he continue to, you know, go on his journey a little bit. It, a, I mean, I like Baker because he's exciting, exciting to watch. So I, I, I like Baker Mayfield. So I, I think he'll be all right. It's exciting to watch, but the truth is he will be humbled. Everybody gets humbled at some point. Oh, there yeah, is, sure. I mean, yeah. whether you're the best person or the wor- worst person, like you are going to go through something that is going to have you say, uh, I think the most important time for me was when I realized that I was a mortal man. Like I was just a human being like that is great. in you know, super as I was for being an athlete, like me being a, just a human then saying I'm mortal, I can actually die. <laughs> it right. was probably the most important lesson that I, that I learned. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. He'll get, he'll get humbled for sure. I just hope it won't be in a situation to where it's some that he can't play or, you know, none of yeah. that. Long, long as it's the immature Twitter and all that stuff. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. Okay. Um, what do you think about, oh, so there, there's another article that came out. It was on ESPN and it ranked the college football's toughest 2019 non-conference schedules. I, you, you, everybody knows I'm a huge proponent of people scheduling better and that teams that, that schedule like Alabama scheduling right now do not deserve to be in the playoffs. I'm in favor of teams with home and homes, that that that's good for fans but the toughest non-conference schedules they have number one stanford number two duke number three usc number four ucla number five Pitt, number six florida state seven michigan eight clemson nine purdue and ten georgia do you do you notice what's uh, not a that only appeared once on that list no, tell me. I didn't notice anything. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I bet you didn't. Uh, there was only one SEC team, and they were at number 10 because they don't schedule people. It is so frustrating, like these non-conference schedules in the SEC. Oh my I give Auburn credit. They, they are pitiful. 
You play four non-conference games. How can you not get two quality games for your fans? Like, and you shouldn't even defend this. Yes, I can defend this. Sometimes it's tough because look, you got to put rivalries in the in the this conversation. So, like when Auburn's schedule comes out, one automatically game that's penciled in there is the Auburn Georgia game because of, of the rivalry, and that's in the East. So they can't play you know, I guess schedule certain uh, non-conference games the way that they probably would like because of sometimes they get the bad draw. Like this year, they got a, they added Georgia to that mix. I mean, I'm sorry, they added Florida to that mix. And on top of whoever else they have to play in the SEC okay. West, sometimes it's just tough. Bro, it, it, listen, Auburn plays Oregon, which is a legit game. Nobody's ever going to complain about that. But the other non-conference games, Tulane, Kent State, and Samford. And all I'm asking for is just throw one of those games out. I don't mind the Tulane game. But either throw Kent State or Samford out and schedule like shit, shit. Uh-huh. Bro, I, uh, all right. Uh, schedule, schedule Syracuse. Schedule uh, Maryland. Schedule Iowa State. You don't even have to schedule somebody like a top a team that's probably going to be one of the top 25, top 30 teams, but at least schedule another power five game because because what that does is, is this is that it balances out schedules in terms of when. OK, when um, when Auburn plays Oregon, that's going to be a tough game. The next week they play Tulane. Their starters aren't going to play the whole game. They're going to play the whole – they're going to rotate everybody, all of that. Then they play Kent State. Same thing again. So you've essentially had two practice games, and and football is kind of a war of attrition. When you're, but look who's on their schedule, when you're, the, the conference guys. When you're – Every conference has tough games, bro. Look at look at not as tough as the SEC. Okay. That's that's the whole okay. point. The only reason why that we've we've gone over this. The only reason why the SEC games look so much tougher is because their their teams start out with these not these terrible non-conference games. They end up three and zero. Four and zero, three and one, and then and then everybody else is starting to play conference games because remember everybody else except for the SEC plays uh, ten nine uh, plays nine conference games and only has three non conference games and then some of them in the ACC like Clemson and uh, Florida State they play two Power Five games for their non conference games. So all I want is the SEC to play two Power Five games for their non-conference games, and then you can get your two little throwaway games because it makes a difference. It makes a difference with injuries. It makes a difference with fatigue. It makes a difference through with that throughout the whole season, and it's completely ridiculous how how this is because schedules, non-conference schedules, should be made up like Stanford's. That's why they have the number one. Their, their non-conference schedule is Northwestern, UCF and Notre Dame. And that was probably scheduled how long ago? Notre Dame probably was trash when no, they no, were scheduled. No, Notre Dame, Stanford, and Notre Dame, UCLA. I'm sorry, I mean UCLA. Notre Dame, USC is played every single year. Like that's oh, like, okay. Yeah, right, that, that's a rival. Yeah. So, um, like Stanford never plays – well, I shouldn't, shouldn't take never. They rarely play 
and FCS team and any of that. Like they're always playing, like they're always one of the toughest non-conference schedules. Then you got uh, Duke. Duke has Alabama, North Carolina A&T, Middle Tennessee, and then Notre Dame. North Carolina A&T and Middle Tennessee, not all that impressive, but that Notre Dame and Alabama game looked real good. Duke. You got to be halfway good to have a tough schedule. You can't be the the cupcake <laughs> team and have a tough schedule. Okay. How, how about, okay, you got three. You got USC. USC's got Fresno State, BYU, and Notre Dame. Common, common theme here. Notre Dame has a tough-ass schedule. <laughs> um, yeah, Notre, Notre Dame definitely has a tough schedule. I, I definitely agree with that. Just like last year, they they deserve to be where they uh, where they were at with that schedule they play. Yeah, and then you got UCLA four. They have right. Cincinnati, who started, who ended up a top twenty five team. San Diego State and Oklahoma, legit non conference. Yeah, you got Pitt. Uh, but I'm not even going to put pin, pin in there because you did say that you have to be a, a upper echelon team yes, before we can even talk talking about schedules. Okay, Florida State. Florida State has Boise State, Louisiana Monroe, Alabama State, and Florida. How do you respect that? Florida State, Louisiana State. No, I mean, Florida, who did you say again? Florida. Florida State. No, yep. Florida State's playing Florida. Bo- Florida, yeah. Boise State. Yep. Louisiana Monroe, yep. and Alabama State. That's awful. They got Florida and Boise State. Boise, Boise Florida, State. they should play Florida every year. Like, I, I totally like okay, they got Florida. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but Boise State, well, no, that, I mean, it's not. I guess. Uh, I guess uh, Boise. Uh, you cannot not Boise. Yeah. Yeah. Boise, Boise is known. No, that's a good known yeah, Boise State. They yeah, are no are not knocking the big boys in, in the noggin, buddy. Um, nah, Boise State's, Boise State's legit. Um, Michigan has Middle Tennessee State, Army, and Notre Dame. I say, I think that they they may go one and two in their non conference games because Army is not is not an easy thing with that triple option. And then I think they lose to Notre Dame and Jim Harbaugh's, you know, cries start getting big. <laughs> They if you know what now that you say Michigan Army, that might be the game to get him fired. That might be the you know it's always that one big upset a year. That might be the last straw for Jim Harbaugh. I'm gonna go and make that prediction. Bold predictions, hot take. Army beats Michigan this year and rush for 700 yards. Bro, it, it is. That's not that. Un, I mean, it's unlikely, but it's not far. Away. Yeah, it's unlikely, but it's like a point zero zero one chance that that might happen. That would be hilarious. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> dude, Jim! Oh god, hey, because that would be because Michigan fans think that this is the year that they're going to be Ohio State. Uh, you, you know, uh, Ryan Ryan Day's in at, at head right. coach. Urban Meyer is out. But they Ohio State's go run up the score. They still got the same kids. Like the kids and the coaches (laughs) are essentially the same. Ryan Day was running the show last year. Like this is just, um, uh, and you, yeah, Ryan Day was running the show at Ohio State last year. Urban Meyer was faking headaches on the sideline. Man, (laughs) like come on, that was their chance. Yeah. Yep. Um, number eight, Clemson. I don't know why they got Clemson at number eight on here because their non-conference schedule. 
is better than a couple of these other teams. They got Texas A&M, yeah. Charlotte, Wofford, which are two throwaway games, and then they got South Carolina, yep. and then they got South Carolina, which they play them every year. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not bad. No, it's not bad. No, that's two. They they play ten power five teams, which is all I'm asking for. I don't even really care who you play necessarily, because if you play power five game, ten power five games every year, you put yourself in a position where you could lose. Like you know what I mean? Like like if like if, I'll let you win the argument. You can win this argument with the scheduling. You can win it, but it's not going to change. It's going to be two SEC teams in the final playoffs, and it's going to be an SEC champion. Are you crazy? All right, <laughs> that's what's going to happen, man. Right. I'm sorry, but that's what's going to happen. The best teams are just down south. That's all. No, the most hyped teams. Here, here is I'm telling you. Here is how it plays out this year. So, I'm. I have to make this prediction because the alternative is a disaster, okay? Oregon beats Auburn. Oregon has to beat Auburn because the alternative is a disaster, okay? Like it's a disaster for the Pac-12. It's a disaster for everybody else in the country because everybody else in the country is going to be and well it's only a disaster for everybody else in the country if Auburn does not then go on and win the SEC. If Auburn beats Oregon and then goes on to win the SEC, that is that's fine. But if Auburn goes on to go, you know, finish middle of the row, you know, they finish nine and three in the regular season, that will be a disaster for everybody because then they're going to be like, oh my god, the SEC is unbelievable. Look, 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 look at what they did to the Pac-12. We can't even count them, especially if Oregon does well in the Pac-12. Like, like that is. A, Do you think is Oregon is Oregon going to win the Pac-12 this year? In your opinion? <sighs> okay, so I, I have to just. I, I like the people there. I'm an Oregon guy. <laughs> I'm nervous. I didn't mean to put you. No, on the spot. no. Let's, no, let's no. save that until I'm, uh, I'm nervous. Until we get a little closer. Okay. Let's save that till we get closer, because if. I told you what Auburn's going to do. Every time we have a bad year like we had last year, the next year, for whatever reason, we make a run at the thing. That's just how Auburn is. We're, we're either hot or we're cold. We're never just an 11-win, 10-win type team. We're either really bad or really good, and I think we're going to be really good this year. So I think we're going to beat Oregon. And it might be close, but it's going to – like Auburn's going to look good is what I mean. I'm not going to say that they're going to blow Oregon out because I think it's going to be a good close game. But Auburn's going to look good in all phases. And I think we're going to just week by week, everybody's going to still count them out. And then eventually they'll be playing Bama to go to the SEC championship. And it's about that time for Bama's dynasty to fade away and how no other way for it to end with Auburn crushing their dreams this year with how they ended the year before versus Clemson. That's my prediction. <laughs> that sounded amazing, too, by the way. Of course it sounded amazing to, to, to you. But you, you, you are discounting. Here is who I – here I, I think that this is the year that either um, Oklahoma, Ohio State um, – that well, I'll either go Oklahoma or Texas. But I think that – I do believe that Oklahoma has the upper hand this year because 
Lincoln Riley is such a good coach. Jalen Hurts knows how to win. And if he can get Jalen Hurts passing to be better, because we know he can run the football. He's strong. He's big. He's athletic. He can do all the things, you know, mobility-wise. But if Lincoln Riley can turn him into a top-tier passer, Oklahoma is going to because they focused all offseason on defense. So their defense, assumingly, is going to be better. Then I like I mean, Oklahoma yeah. to make the playoffs. Okay. I like I can't I like, disagree with I that. like Ohio State to make the playoffs. Ohio State to make the playoffs. Mm. I like Clemson to okay. make the playoffs. I like Clemson to make the playoffs. And then I like the I think that this is the year that just the say SEC, the SEC champion. No. The, that the SEC champion could get left out. Because here, here, here is what's going to happen. Here, if, if your prediction and my prediction are both correct, if Oregon beats Auburn, and then Auburn goes on to win the national champion, I'm sorry, the the SEC championship, and then Oregon wins the Pac-12, what what happens? You tell me what other win will Oregon have in the Pac-12 that'll be bigger than Auburn beating a top-ranked Georgia and Bama, and winning the SEC? When winning the SEC with having to play Georgia so you, twice within so three but, weeks. So, but you can't discount head-to-heads, JP. Like you cannot. I can discount it in week one. Oh my God! Compared see, to see, this is, fifteen this weeks is, later. This is the, the <laughs> SEC math, man. This is the, the, this is SEC math. A, so uh, you just so, tell t- okay, a okay. A, wait a, a second. So, so a win in week one. I know you're. I know you're a, a, a man of great thinking. So you're telling me if Oregon beats Auburn week one, and Auburn runs the table, and Oregon runs and the, the table, and Oregon runs the table, and say Oregon runs the table. And now Auburn will have on their resume being probably a number one ranked, number two ranked Bama, a number one to number five ranked Georgia, and not to mention they have Florida on the schedule, they have LSU on the schedule, and they have uh, that might be the top dogs on the schedule. Mind you, with playing another top team, if Oregon runs the table, Oregon will be in the top five. Okay. So you mean to tell me Auburn don't get in? Cor- if correct, uh, correct, yeah, the correct. Wow. Because here, here, here's the problem with that is that is that while Alabama will be highly ranked, we have already discussed that that their non-conference of Duke, New Mexico State, Southern Miss, and Western Carolina is completely unacceptable. We're not talking oh, about on, their hold schedule. On, hold on. So, so, yes, people give them some, um, some, you know, some leeway because of their, their name. But we're, we're only focusing on that Oregon-Auburn game. But there's another big game that, that is going to – factor into what you and I both said. That's that Texas LSU game. That that mm-hmm. Texas LSU game because if Oregon beats Auburn and Texas beats LSU, you got to you got a problem with that argument, right? You you would have to agree with no, that. No, I don't because I for, I forget we got Texas A&M on the schedule too. If Texas A&M beat Clemson, then what? Texas a and is not not beat Clemson, bro. Oh, now we got to say that Texas A&M not going to beat them, but we're about to say Texas might beat LSU. 
Let's not play devil's ass. I mean, let's let's keep okay. it fair now. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> Texas A&M took Clemson to the wire last year. Okay. But that was at, at Texas A&M. This year they're playing at Clemson. They're going and it's a more experienced Texas A&M. They got Kellen Mond back and a bunch of other starters back. Look, Texas A&M would and, be a top team. And, 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 t- and touchdown Jesus. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Sunshine. <laughs> touchdown <laughs> Jesus is going to – rain on Texas A&M's head. I, t- it's going to be semi-competitive, but it's going to be a 14. Semi-competitive. It's going to be a 14. You really hate the SEC. No, you I really, don't. really hate the SEC. No, I'm just realistic <laughs> about the SEC. So, uh, Listen, man, the Pac-12 glory days are gone. When you left, it left with y'all. When Reggie Bushnam walked out, it left. Your era, okay. man. I'm sorry. Okay. Look, your, look. your era is okay. all right. So I, I just, give it up. I just, I just want to know how you're going to how SEC people be, because you you know all the excuses because you've presented some of them already. <laughs> so if Oregon beats, so when Oregon beats Auburn, when Texas beats LSU, and then okay. if, and then Miami beats Florida, and and Clemson <laughs> beats Texas A and M. How are you going to explain this away in an SEC team not named Alabama being in the playoffs? Well, for I mean, what do you mean? We can't. If if was a fifth, we'll all be drunk. I mean, I I can't talk about that until I see that happen. Are, 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 are those not so, all plausible? A, are those not all plausible? Okay, Clemson is favored. Would, would you agree that Clemson is favored at home against Texas A and M? For sure. Would you agree that? Um, that Texas is probably is fa- no well, hold on. no they will not be favored over LSU. They're playing at Texas. So, all right, bro. I, I, Ellis, <laughs> we're, we're not talking Georgia or Alabama who have better offenses. We're still talking LSU, who's like top receiver will finish with like six hundred yards. I mean, so what makes you think right now Texas football team is better than LSU? Like, what makes you just think Texas football team is better than LSU? I think LSU, LSU we can players. say what they want I about LSU, LSU but LSU, but that's what I said. We can say what we want about LSU, but LSU consistently win 10 plus games. LSU has better players. However, Texas is better coached. Would you agree with that? No. Yes, I agree with that, but that don't mean that Texas football team is better than LSU's football team. And, and but oh, okay, so if if the talent at LSU is a nine, right? I, I would would you except at the quarterback position, would you say that overall the talent at LSU is either a nine or a ten? Yeah, okay. what they got to do with anything? You, you mean to tell me Texas don't got talent? No, hold on, hold on. The, the great that's, state of Texas. That's what I'm getting ready to say. Is that Texas, let's say the text the talent at Texas is an eight compared to LSU at a nine. Then, We're really making this excuse then, no, to just see if Texas no, can be better than LSU. No, 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 no. And then you add in the coaching. So where would you say Tom oh, Herman gosh. is? Todd Herman is as a coach on a scale from one to ten compared to Ed Ogeron, one to ten. I mean, I haven't seen Tom Herman beat two, three top ten teams in a season yet, so I'm gonna have to say Coach O is better. Oh, stop! Oh, <laughs> hey, I so love I'm gonna just have that. to say 
Ocho is the better coach. He's about to, you know, he deserves more respect than you giving him, man. Oh, my. Jeez, Louis. We're breaking down numbers to see if Texas is better than LSU. That shows you right there that they're not. Texas is good. I'm not saying that they can't beat LSU because Texas is a good fo- going to be a good football team this year. And I think they're going to, you know, might be that surprise team this year. But on paper, you're betting your last dollar, Texas over LSU. Early in the I'm season, not. too. We're not even talking because, you know, LSU early in the but, season, different than LSU late in the season. I don't even understand what that means. Cause, yeah, you know, because LSU looks always looks great at the beginning, but don't, towards the middle to the end, that's when we're like, oh, they're doing the same old stuff that they was doing from week one to week 10. <laughs> okay, so, bro, the, the reality yeah, the reality. I, the reality of it, SEC won that one. We, I, SEC won that argument, right? I there. love you. Can give us. I that. love the SEC math, bro. That that math is incredible. <laughs> it is like you how you guys can can turn anything, turn a defeat into a victory. Well, well, I didn't bring out the numbers. You start talking the numbers and trying to do multiplication and division and all this type of stuff. You don't want to start talking the numbers. LSU. Oh, oh! You asked me would I bet my last dollar that Texas is going to beat LSU right now? I I would not bet my last dollar because I would not bet my last dollar on anything. But I will bet my free dollars on, on this. Oh my gosh, bro! I am I am taking uh, uh, um, the SEC non-conference games just so you know. So you got LSU, Texas, Auburn, um. Uh, Oregon, you got Georgia who's playing uh, you got Georgia who's playing Notre Dame and yeah Georgia's playing Notre Dame and they are playing Georgia Tech they're going to beat Georgia Tech but in the big games I got the field greater than the SEC Alright, so what happens when all the SEC teams win opening weekend? Then what They're happens? They're not playing anybody opening weekend. I mean, yes, Alabama. I mean, I mean you get what I'm saying. I'm I mean you get what I'm saying. The same matchups you just said. What's gonna happen when they win all those matchups? What would be the excuse? There, if, for, for, first of all, it won't happen, but 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 the reality is is that is it possible? It's technically possible, but the truth of the situation is <laughs> The SEC teams only really have to prepare for one game in their first three weeks of the season. They don't even have to look at Kent State. They don't have to look at any of the other teams until the week of because they could just show up, run their generic spring ball plays, and win, as opposed to the other conferences who actually have to play people. So you're mad at how our, I guess, organization of the SEC and, and how it's ran – I would You're not be necessarily mad, mad at the schools. Yeah, I would be mad as a fan. Like I'm like, what the hell are we doing? I'm I'm paying for season tickets. I'm paying my hard earned money. Like I'm taking money out of my family's house to give to the school to give me these garbage ass non conference games. How about no? Well, when you become, you know, when Oregon start winning in other sports like Auburn athletics, you know, it's it's it's. You know the entire athletic realm. I mean, our baseball team just got beaten in the College World Series. Basketball team lost in the Final Four. Golf team uh, was SEC champs, got beaten in the Super Regional. You know, you guys got to start just 
you know, getting better at other number, things and maybe you wouldn't be so mad to spend money number, when you go to your school. Number one, <laughs> that's a whole lot of gotten got gotten beat, first of all. And the second thing is <laughs> is that the Pac twelve is the conference of champions. You look at the most national Nobody no, most national, came to y'all Pac twelve football game. It, y'all had fifty people there. Yeah. Conference of champions. Your mama had fifty people there. <laughs> Um, no, but no, but like on on a serious note, though, like in terms of all sports, the Pac-12 is the most prominent conference. They're good at everything. They're good at baseball. They're good at uh, volleyball, softball, basketball, like national championships in everything else. Swimming, badminton, beach volleyball, everything, golf, everything. We're just, just haven't figured out football. Yeah, yet, huh? yeah. That's well, we keep shooting me. ourselves in the foot with these damn schedules, man. We 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 just got to do better. Like we have to do better. To, to, to do better. So just blame the SEC uh, for for being for 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 scheduling like pussies. Yes. How, how about yes? I said it. I said it for scheduling like some weenies. Yes. Without the SEC, people wouldn't even watch college football. Bam. There we go. We uh, now, now that I will give the SEC, they do a great job of creating entertainment. Creating it, there we it go. does, and it's the truth. It does just matter more in the SEC. I will hundred percent agree with that. What? Well, uh, yep. mm, actually, I will, I will. Yes, it matters no, more. No, just leave it there. No, let's, no. let's go. There, there is one conference that can compete with the. It just matters more. Big Ten. Yep, that's it. So they have, yeah, yeah. In terms of it, just matters more. The conference rankings are SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, SEC. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, ACC, 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 then Pac-12 for it. Just matters more. Yeah, I agree, and that and that sucks to say. That sucks. sucks. <laughs> so, anyways, you guys are listening to the Power Five fight. You, as usual, thank you guys for joining. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your energy. George Reister here, Jawad Powers. Make sure you guys share the Power Five fight with a friend. It will be the best thing that you do. It's the best gift that you can give them is, you know, sharing is caring. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>